Most professional exterior paint jobs are guaranteed two to three years. Rhino Shield is guaranteed for 25 years. Hey, everybody, Todd Jeffries here for Rhino Shield. It's a ceramic coating that is eight times thicker than paint. It can be applied over any surface, including wood, bricks, stucco, steel, hardy board, vinyl, even your roof. And right now, they're offering a 15% discount. For a free quote, Texas Rhino Shield at 855 Rhino TX. That's 855 Rhino TX. And online, Texas Rhino Shield. Live and local, every afternoon, 2 to 4. This is Mark, Melinda, and Ed on News Radio KLBJ. Call or text them at 512 836 0590. It's really beautiful to hear you speak the truth about things. Now, Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Ed, good afternoon. How are you? Mark, I have had a great day. Got to spend part of the morning with Longhorn head football coach Steve Sarkeesian and others talking about spring football. It just seemed like yesterday. Uh, the Sugar Bowl was over. Now we're talking about spring football. It never stops, my friend. <laughs> never, ever stops. And now you spend the afternoon with Melinda Brand, The big quarterback over here. Not going to talk football, though. Oh, come on now. <laughs> we can talk Altuve. Woo-hoo. That's baseball, yeah. Signed a new contract with the Astros, yeah. <laughs> How are you, Melinda? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. Jack is here producing. You just heard on Fox in the U.S. Senate, as expected, The big package of money for Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, Gaza, and the U.S. border is failing in the U.S. Senate. Chuck Schumer has a plan, however. He calls it Plan B. He's going to bring the entire package back for another vote, except he's going to strip out the money for the U.S. border. So that's just Ukraine, Taiwan, Israel, Gaza, no money for the U.S. border, and that vote will happen today. Well... I don't know. It's not going to pass. Nothing's going to pass. I think they need to go and just start from plan one again. Well, I say this, Mark, it's a standoff because the Biden administration won't go with anything Republicans say about shutting down the border or meaningful border reform. I am for the money for Ukraine. I'm for the money for Israel. I think we should vote on that. I think they should approve that today. Go back to the drawing board on the border. How are you so sure the money for Ukraine, Taiwan, Gaza, and Israel is going to fail in that Plan B this afternoon? I'm not. I'm just, I just I thought that's what you just said. No, I want it to pass. I want it to but pass. But before that, earlier, you said I it's going to fail. I don't know what I said 45 seconds ago. <laughs> It'll probably fail because there's such disharmony up there. I just don't think the, they're going to have numbers to pass it in the Senate. What a novel idea by Chuck Schumer. I mean, pat yourself on the back. Let's do separate bills for funding, separate bill for the border, separate bill for Ukraine. Why couldn't he have thought about have this? We said that I don't a long time know. Ago? Yeah, months ago when that's exactly what the Republicans <laughs> asked for and they said, nope, not going to happen. Well, I'm not convinced, Ed, that the Ukraine, Israel, Gaza, Taiwan package of money, Plan B, is going to fail in the Senate. Well, I hope it passes. Yeah, I hope it passes. I just, I'm, I'm just in that mood, Mark, where I don't think they, can, they can't get along at all. And I think the, you have to hit that threshold with the Senate that I don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to pass. And in the House, you've got, if they do that, you've got hardline Republicans who don't want, who want to make sure that there are budget cuts when they have all the things that well, they Well, the want. House just failed to pass a standalone Israel funding bill, and that was 
mostly Democrats and progressives that voted against that. Mm-hmm. So even if Plan B for old Chucky passes this afternoon, I don't think it goes anywhere in the House. Now, the Speaker of the House was on with Clay and Buck today here on KLBJ, and Speaker Johnson said shortly before that vote in the House last night on money for Israel, President Biden put out a veto threat saying he will veto Mm. a standalone bill for Israel. And most of the Democrats lined up with him and voted no on that package. So we want a standalone for Ukraine, but not Israel. Well, let me clarify something real quickly. Schumer's plan is the money for Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, Gaza is all rolled into one package. Right. Everything but our border. Yes. Um, Which, again, is kind of what was put out there to start with months ago. And Biden was a no, we need it all together kind of thing. It should be standalone Every single one. It's fascinating that Biden would come out and say, I'm not going to pass a standalone for Israel. To me, that is him, you know, putting his nose up the booties of the people that want him to get out of Israel. Yeah, the the pro-Hamas people. You're right. Yeah. It's such a mess up there. It's such a nothing will get done, which maybe in the long run may be better for the American voters. All right, you can weigh in with your thoughts, 512-836-0590. Call or text to join the conversation. This is Jay at 207. Hi, Jay, how are you today? I'm doing good, thanks. Yes, welcome. What are your thoughts, Jay? Well, uh, you just brought up this aid package, and uh, number one, I would remind the audience that, you know, we should demand all of our legislators um, – Vote on these packages individually. There should be no combined packages, and we should demand it of our um, uh, representatives. That's number one. Number two, the politicians are asking us to go borrow money for bonds in the U.S. market at 5% and give that money free of charge to the Ukraine and to Israel. And in the case of Israel... Their credit rating for bonds is as good, and in some cases, better than ours. Listen, we're going to have to borrow money no matter what when they're passing stuff with money. We don't have it, uh, which is a big part of the frustration here. We don't have the money. So why are we even having these conversations if they are not linked to we're moving that money from somewhere else instead of adding on to our debt. Well, I, I, I just don't know what same business entity person goes and borrows money at 5% and gives it to someone else yeah. who has a better borrowing capacity and better credit capacity than the lender. And I would also say that we, we already give Israel almost, what, $4 billion a year free of charge, just, just aid, free of charge. So, you know, I get that friends are in conflict, but do we need to, can't we lend our intelligence or our equipment or our financing instead of just, you know, handing over what amounts to suitcases of dollars that we borrowed from international investors? 
What's you, interesting you to me is, or, is Israel begging for this money like Ukraine is? Are they begging for the help? I, have, I haven't I have seen it reported if they are. Yes, I'm sure it's beneficial to them when we are sending over the equipment or the, the military supplies so that they can continue to be replenished. But I haven't heard Israel asking for the money to prop up their economy. No, I'm not that either. I'm just, they're just want money to fund the war, it sounds like. But in, 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 the, in the realm of here are some additional weapons, I haven't heard them ask, oh, we need cold, hard gash. No. All right. Uh, Jay, thank you for the call. Here are the numbers, 512-836-0590. You can call. You can text. Look into your crystal ball. When Schumer's Plan B comes up for a vote this afternoon, how will John Cornyn vote? Will he vote yes to move forward with debate? They need to get nine Republicans to vote yes to break a filibuster on Schumer's Plan B. I think they'll have that easy. You have so many of them that are all about getting money to Ukraine. That has been their focus from day one over doing anything remotely beneficial to closing down our border. So I think it, it, it'll it fly easy. This is Jim with us at 210 on KLBJ. Hi, Jim. Welcome. How are you? Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. I enjoy the topics. You, you're hitting things that we really need to talk about. Listen, I'm a military retired guy. I've served years, and I was the leading spear. I was the tip of the spear uh, in the Air Force for years. And during the Cold War and the whole thing, NATO, uh, Ukraine, while I support Ukraine, but not with unlimited money and with no in-game plan, Ukraine is not a member of NATO. And everybody kind of backstabbed Ukraine, U.K., U.S., everybody involved when they encouraged them to give up their weapons, nuclear weapons, and said that they would help preserve their integrity. Well, we can see where that went. Had Ukraine still had nuclear weapons, I guarantee you Putin wouldn't have attacked him. So that's a that's a false uh, a prophecy that we keep throwing out there that we've got to help Ukraine. We, yeah, I'm for that, but not before we solve our border. The only one I would entertain supporting before we solve our border would be funds to Israel, and we tried that, and it went down in flames by the uh, Democrats. And the reason it went down in flames is they really don't support Israel. A lot of them are woke. They're on the other side. They they really it, it, they look at it more as a race issue than they do uh, other things involved. And so my point is, we cannot afford to do anything till we fix our border. All right, uh, Jim. Thank you. He is right on track because I have zero doubts if they are, and I and I have. The Republicans are going to cave on this. They're going to pass that Ukraine-Israel thing. Uh, it's going to go. And then here is the win for the Democrats. They got their money. And they're going to be blamed for the border. Let me jump and, in there. And the Republicans will be blamed for blamed not for the passing yeah. the border. And that will not be revisited. Now, it, they're not going to bring anything back up in front of them for the border. Ukraine never had an independent nuclear weapons arsenal, Jim. But they remove former Soviet weapons stationed in their territory. 512-836-0590. Join the discussion. Mark, Melinda, and Ed, News Radio, KLBJ. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. And you can stream the show live on your digital device via the free News Radio KLBJ app. 
Thanks a lot for joining us. It is 217. Jack is here producing in the U.S. Senate an effort to move forward on the big package of money for Ukraine. Gaza, Taiwan, and the U.S. border has failed. They needed to get to 60 votes or more to break the filibuster and continue debating that measure. Now, Schumer says he has Plan B. He's going to hold another vote later today on that same package, minus all of the money for the U.S. border. He's going to strip out everything for the U.S. border. The text will stay exactly the same in regards to the money that was being allocated to Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, etc. That's correct. $60 billion for Ukraine, $14 billion for Israel, $10 billion for humanitarian aid, which is feeding Palestinians in Gaza, $8 billion for Taiwan. Uh, how are they wow. doing that humanitarian aid? How are they going to do that? Hopefully it's not being funneled not through that, that group. corrupt yeah. organization. A bad group. Yeah, they're, and they're the only ones in there right now feeding people. You're talking about UNRWA, the United yeah. Nations right. organization with all the Hamas connections. Pam is on 290 at 218. Hello, Pam. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Um, I was just going to bring up a point um, that months ago, several months ago, that the Democrats had brought um, the bill exactly like the Plan B that's going to happen today. They had uh, just the money allocated for Taiwan, um, Ukraine, and Israel in that. And the the Republicans in both the Senate and the um, House of Representatives said that they will not pass any bill like that unless it includes something for our own border security. So then they went back to the drawing table, and the Democrats actually worked with the Republicans and came up in the Senate with the bill that included the um, exactly what the Republicans had asked for, the, um, the uh, improvements on the border. And then... Trump Pam, 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 uh, Trump, please, no, please get to your Trump point. Please I'm get saying, to your point here, Trump, Pam. Trump announced that he told all the Republicans to not vote on the border, uh, to vote no on it. Pam, can I can I jump in like, real quick and, and, and just well, add a few things? One, you had the House Republicans that put a border bill forward. They said they wanted a border bill standalone passed before they were discussing money for Ukraine and Israel. And as far as what was presented by this bipartisan group of senators that put forth for the bill, it was not about closing the border or reducing the flow at the border. And what Trump actually said was, if you're not getting what you put out there to get, then you should vote no for it. If they've met all of the demands in no, they, the bill, they really, I don't think they and, did. And they and Trump asked them not to pass it because he wants to use that. And I would just ask you to to look elsewhere right. and see the actual comments made. Pam, thank you. This this border bill that was proposed was feckless. It did very little to limit the border. What was it, 4,000 to 5,000 a day? A day. Yeah, but it yes. still was up to the same people who haven't pulled that trigger yet 
to was, pull the trigger on that. that. That's not meaningful border reform. Scott is with us at 221 on KLBJ. Scott, how are you today? Uh, yeah, this is Scott. If, uh, if y'all can hear me, uh, I'll be happy to... You need to uh, turn your radio completely off in the background. Here's another caller clinic. Always turn the radio <laughs> off. When you're on hold, you will be able to hear us very, very well. Harry, welcome to KLBJ. Good afternoon, Harry. Good afternoon. I've got a simple border fix for can you. Can you please speak up so we can hear you, Harry? Okay, hang on just a second. Let me change my thing here. Okay, I've got, can you hear me better? Yeah, that's better. Go ahead, sir. Thank you, Harry. There's a couple of things that are an easy fix for the border, and it will cut down the flow of people coming up here drastically. The first one is to get rid of anchor babies. France realized that that's one of the things that they needed to do, and they voted that into law here not that long ago. And the second part is get rid of everybody who's here illegally from any type of social benefit. Why are we paying you to break our laws? All right. Uh, thank you, Harry. Ed, what do you make of that's, it? That's, that's old school, Harry. It's never going to happen. They'll no, never get rid of the anchor baby. It's been around too long. And we we see in New York City the immigrants were getting credit cards to go to the bodegas and bodegas and uh, restaurants and grocery stores to buy food. This is this is a troubling scenario that's that's happening all our all around our country. But Harry makes the good point of why are we using our money to pay people who are Illegals. breaking the law? Yeah. And today, the reports that are coming out, how we are struggling just to pay bills. Uh, we're, in, we're incurring personal debt at a level that is much higher than what we have in the past. So why are we spending our money to encourage illegal activity? That makes sense, does it? Does not. No. Uh, two weeks ago, we told you about reporting that the media in Mexico were full of reports on the strong action the Mexican government was taking to cut down on the flow of illegal aliens headed toward the border with the United States. Media reported that Mexico was moving illegal immigrants from northern Mexico to southern Mexico. They were stopping illegal immigrants from getting on northbound freight trains. They were increasing their border apprehensions on their southern border. And that report that we discussed speculated all of those actions were the result of a meeting in Mexico between U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas, and the President of Mexico in December, and that they had reached some kind of separate secret agreement that had not been mentioned in the media. But voila, after their meeting, Mexico started cracking down. And now today it's being reported, in January, apprehensions on the U.S. border are down 50%. And uh, there is speculation that this is a direct result of the actions by Mexico, within Mexico, to cut down the northward flow. This is this one of those things. Why are we, because I'm sure, I'm sure money is connected to this in some form or fashion. We, the American people, should know where our money is being used, how it's being used, and why would we pay for Mexico to step up when we don't have to pay a dime for us to step up and close that you're, border? You're exactly right. And now we learn also through this that the Mexican president was encouraged us to give more money to South American dictators. 
The uh, January numbers, according to the Border Patrol, were down 125,000. Now, that means uh, far too many still were crossing, but that's a drop of 50% compared to apprehensions in December. Uh, We have heard no announcements from President Biden about details if there was indeed an agreement reached in that meeting in Mexico City between Blinken Mayorkas and AMLO, the president of Mexico. Now, it is a good thing that apprehensions are down, but Melinda's right. We need to know, was there a deal and what are we doing in return for Mexico's actions? Well, interesting that we're saying apprehensions are down. Yes, we had a huge December number, which led to this. But sources in Border Patrol are saying so far since October 1st, we've already encountered one million. That's the earliest we have ever reached the one million mark. And we are just in February. Mm. And, and if you compare it to yeah. the record year, That number you just mentioned is bigger than the record year for the same point in the fiscal year. We're on pace to beat last year's all-time record in apprehensions. Also in that information that they gave out, they said there were 19,600-plus Chinese migrants so far. Compare that to the total fiscal year of 2023, 37,000. Wow. Already. Already. 512-836-0590. You can call. You can text us. 227 now. Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Enjoy the podcasts of Mark, Melinda, and Ed at your convenience. You'll find them on NewsRadioKLBJ.com. 232, thank you for joining us. We go to Patrick in South Austin. Hi, Patrick. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing uh pretty good i just got off work so i'm doing even better now outstanding good all right what are your thoughts this afternoon well you know with the immigration you know we're at our wit's end right as just as americans we're at our wit's end um and it's it's got me to think that maybe these people just really want it to be this way uh they've been passing bills for years nothing's ever done it's always a topic on the voting side it's always a topic it's used for us to be pitted against each other uh, as Americans. And, you know, we want it fixed, but it's never going to be fixed. I've said this for years. Uh, I'm with you, Patrick. I don't think that there is one ounce of realness in those politicians up there, Republican or Democrat, because every ele- election year, what is one of the top topics that we're discussing? Immigration. Granted, it hasn't been as bad as it is right now, but That's, it is yeah. always something that they are out there on the campaign trail using to get your and my vote. And then they get up there. And if they fixed it, what in the world would they what would they move on to to campaign on? This thing, this thing is so out of whack with what's been going on the last three and a half years. You did not have this trouble with Donald Trump. You did not have this trouble with Barack Obama or George Bush. But with this Ali Ali oxen free, the green light is always open. That has exacerbated the problem to the levels we're seeing today. And to me, they're unattainable for this country. I think the Democrats want voters. That's what they want. But at what cost to the taxpayers of this country? It shouldn't be to any cost. We should not be doing their bidding because they want to stay in power. We've come to drastic measures. At this point, many Democrats are just moving over because they're they're saying that Donald they're I know myself saying that Donald Trump will take drastic measures. People are not gonna like it, people are gonna throw rocks at him, but 
it, you know, it's, it, that's why people are going to be switching, Democrats, uh, including myself. Patrick, thank you. Have a good afternoon, sir. 512-836-0590. The Associated Press says that a number of U.S. states are now completely changing their guidance to parents on when to keep the kids home from public school. These states are alarmed by high rates of absenteeism, and they want those kids in the classroom. It's interesting to Mm. me how this has just come full circle. Uh, Even before the days of the pandemic, I think anytime you had a fever or if you had a cough, something that could be perceived as contagious. You stay at home. You stayed at home until that was all clear. And we weren't seeing the absenteeism rates that we're seeing now. The pandemic moved in and it was like, oh my gosh, if if you have a sniffle, you you have to stay home and stay home for seven, eight, ten days. Um, And so now that we're coming out, or we've been out of that, these schools can't figure out what they want. If a mom goes, okay, I'm going to go by the pandemic rules. My child has a cough. I'm going to keep them home. Even though they're running around and I know that they feel just fine, I'm going to keep them home out of respect for the other kids and the teachers. And then they get a call in to say, why is your kid missing school so much? California has new guidance. They encourage kids to come to school if they have the sniffles, if they have lice, Uh, if they have pink eye, if they have diarrhea, as long as the kids think they can make it to the restroom in time. Now, that is absurd. Sending a kid to school with diarrhea, that is patently absurd. Pink eye is contagious. contagious. So you have to think about what age level are you doing this? Maybe someone... In the high school level, would know, don't rub your eye and then go touch something else. But is a little six-year-old going to know that? No. No, they're not. Of course not. And even if, if you talk to them about it, they'll forget. California says 25% of their students missed 10% or more of last school year. That's and they weeks. need a new approach to sick day guidance, and they implemented it in the fall of this year. Why not just go back to what things were pre-pandemic? It was just common sense. You Fever, know when vomiting, you're when you're not feeling yeah, well or sure. when you have the potential of being contagious and spreading this anywhere. Or you're not well in the uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics, fever, vomiting or diarrhea or when students are not well enough to participate in class. I didn't I didn't come Monday. I couldn't participate in this class cuz I was <laughs> coughing my head off. So, yeah, I think that's just common sense, but don't send kids to school. With pink eye and diarrhea and vomiting, good and lord. And lice, my goodness, lice? That was a huge thing when I was in school. We all had to line up and let the nurse look through our hair because one case, and then they went through the entire school. Uh, cynics are saying this is just another money grab because attendance is how they get their money from the federal government or state government. Uh, others are saying, no, this is a good move because the kids need to be in school. They lost Knowledge and learning during the pandemic every day to catch up is critical. Listen, isn't it ironic that the same people that said we had to keep the school closed, even well after (laughs) they were still demanding the schools needed to be closed, are now the ones saying, send them with everything. We're we're good. We just need them here. 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts. One of the people who was on that jury who convicted the mother of the school mass murderer was on the Today Show on NBC this morning. 
And she says it was tough in that jury room. It was not a unanimous decision initially. She says they went around and around on this one. Yeah, and it was interesting. I told you yesterday when the the forewoman came out and said that her main reason for voting guilty was because the, the mom woman. was the last yeah. one that held the gun or had handled the gun before this incident happened. In this story, this juror is saying, you know, there was that, of course, but also just the mom on the stand. Yeah. And we talked about this the day that she was on the stand and some of the information that was coming out that I think we all said, I can't believe they put her on the stand. She mm-hmm. said she wouldn't have done anything differently leading up to the shooting despite all those warning signs. Are you kidding me, ma'am? Yeah, you're on, you are on the stand being charged with involuntary manslaughter in a horrible thing that your son carried out and you say you would do nothing different. That, to me, is even all the more reason to that they got it right in this because that says to me tomorrow, if she was called into that principal's office, same conversation, knowing what she knows now, she still would leave her son there and never mention a gun. This member of the jury says that comment by the mother is what really cinched the case for the members of the jury, that the mom really showed no remorse or regret and said, I wouldn't change a thing, even though there were clear warning yeah. signs. Mm. 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text to join the conversation. This is Randall Anderson Mill. Good afternoon, Randall. You're on KLBJ. Well, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Glad to hear you guys are doing well. Yes, sir. Uh, Welcome aboard. To, thank you. What I wanted to mention is um, about the child. The attendance, school attendance, is, I believe it's a correlation, like Linda said, to um, the COVID stuff, but in a different way, because so many people are still working from home. Um, It's easier to say, okay, you stay home, I'm going to be at home. Whereas pre-pandemic, the parent had to be to work. Um, And they were saying, you're not sick enough to stay home, I have nobody to leave you with, Mm -hmm. you're going to go to school. So I believe it is... And I haven't done the data crunch on this. Usually I do the data crunch. I haven't even seen that report to see if they were talking about elementary school or high school. I believe it to be high school. Um, But I really believe the correlation is work from home. Well, and that could be tied in, especially with with the parents. And I I just think coming out of the pandemic, people's views on when you go to work and when you say, okay, it's okay for me to call in sick or whatever, changed a bit. And that may be what you're seeing here too. Parents are more likely to say, okay, we can just stay home just because we don't want to be the one that starts something in a school. Randall, thank you, sir. You have a great afternoon. We appreciate it. 512-836-0590. It's 241 with Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. Now, here are Mark, Melinda, and Ed. The city of Austin says it is proud to announce that it has now moved 694 homeless into shelters here in Austin. The latest being a group of 33 homeless who were moved out of their homeless camp to the Northbridge Shelter, which is one of those hotels that the taxpayers paid for. The city says we moved 33 homeless and all six of their dogs into that hotel. 
And we are now going to spend weeks upon weeks upon weeks cleaning up that homeless camp near the Longhorn Dam and East Cesar Chavez. Well, this has been a slow process, to say the least. Yeah, I was sitting here doing the math. They started in June of 21. We're in February of 24, and only 694 people have been moved so far. And the last um, story that I saw on the last count, we're well over 5,000 homeless individuals on the street. Going to have to step up the pace here a bit. Uh, A question I would like answered of the 694, how many now have jobs and how many are now completely independent? They can support themselves and they're not living off of the Austin taxpayers. We never get those kinds of answers from the city of Austin, Uh, but they are touting this latest move. They say this homeless camp was in a uh, area that might flood and that's why they decided to move them to the hotel. A question, Lord. why would why would you ever allow an encampment <laughs> to get as big as that yeah. if there's a potential for flooding? Wouldn't you, after you saw the first person or the first three or four tents there, go, okay, this isn't healthy. We've, we've got to block this off and get them out of there? One would think so, yes. One, one uh, thing that you noticed here, Ed, what's jumping out at you in this story? Well, that it's taken so long. 33 people are acting like it's 500 people. That's jumping out to me. But the other thing was what we just talked about there in a low, they're in a flood area. But this is just a snail's pace, Mark, a snail's pace for what we've spent already to renovate these motels and hotels. Yeah, and, I think about three years worth yeah. of the homeless budget. That's how much? And we've helped less than 700? It's been in the ballpark of $70 million a year. It's now over $80 million this year in the budget just for the homeless 210 million dollars yes spent in this time that this initiative's been there and less than 700 people exactly have been moved into a shelter yes doesn't sound Snails like pace. huge success granted anyone off the streets better but i'm with you mark did they stay off the street yeah. did, did, are they are, back yeah because remember the premise of all of this is nothing good can happen for these people in their lives until they have a roof over their head. That was Mayor Steve Adler and the city council. Mm -hmm. You must get a roof over their head before they can be launched on the path of success and independence. Well, how many of the 694 now have jobs and how many have reached full independence from the taxpayers? And have they been helped with their drug and alcohol abuse too? How is the success rate on that? We don't get those answers, and I think that that is a prime responsibility of not only the city, but especially the individual. I mean, we we pay a a salary for an individual that their whole thing is to oversee the homeless population and how money is spent, how we're doing these shelters. That, at the very least, should be something that is updated weekly, monthly, Yes, at least once a year. The lack of specifics. (laughs) The lack of specific data on success leaves us to infer the numbers are zero. Mm. Zero now have a job. Zero are now independent because they would be on top of City Hall. Just shouting it. Listen, everyone that we moved out has, we have helped them. They are on their own and they are thriving. Yes. This one's a VP at Dell. This one's a manager at Tesla. 
this and that. They would Easy be there, shouting Mark. it. Easy there. <laughs> Was that too much? Uh, it's pretty optimistic. Okay. There. It's only been three years. Okay. Give them some time to work up the chain. And 200 and some odd million. Uh, Ray is with us at 251. Good afternoon, Ray. How are you this afternoon? Pretty good, but I'm kind of confused because here we're talking speaking about our homeless, and certainly the number is very low, less than 700 being helped. But one of the comments that one of you made, I'm not sure who it was, you know what I'm saying? The expectation of them is to get out and get a job and be independent. And yet I have to stop and wonder, as a nation as a, and also as a state, how many illegals are we helping and giving them freedom to be in our country and helping them with everything they need and not ever asking them, when are you going to be independent? When are you going to get off the system? We should be more considerate of our citizens, homeless as they may be, because we don't know what their situation was. And the people that are overseeing this, we should hold them accountable because 700 since, like, what did you say, since, like, 2021, that just stinks. You know, that, that's just horrible. And so we have to do better for our citizens and all those illegals that we're bringing in, in here that, that we allow to stay here for years accountable to how are they doing what are they doing instead of just taking that's what i had a call in well and you can go ahead and add those that are here legally that are americans that stay on the system for years and generations and generations we should have numbers for that too and ray to uh, give you a number to answer your very first question it is 6.8 million according to the federal government have been released into the country under president biden that's just awful. You know, he's a president, but I have no respect for him. And he needs to just just not even think about uh, running again because he doesn't have the capacity or the wherewithal. And he seems to be, when he's speaking, he's got handlers, basically. You know, we all know he's got handlers. It's yes. not really himself doing the direction of the country. It's the people behind him. Ray, thank you. Have a good afternoon. Here are the numbers, 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text us. We have much more to cover right after the news, which is coming up next. Most professional exterior paint jobs are guaranteed two to three years. Rhino Shield is guaranteed for 25 years. Hey, everybody, Todd Jeffries here for Rhino Shield. It's a ceramic coating that is eight times thicker than paint. It can be applied over any surface, including wood, bricks, stucco, steel, hardy board, vinyl, even your roof. And right now, they're offering a 15% discount. For a free quote, Texas Rhino Shield at 855 Rhino TX. That's 855 Rhino TX. And online, Texas Rhino Shield dot com. 